Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of SourceFind Asia, co-host of Main Channel Podcast. And of course, I'm joined by Alan Scanlon, who is uh, my business partner in Hong Kong. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. So that's another thing that I wanted to just point out is I understand bigger companies, it's slower. Like even when we were working with Blue Man Group and what's what's the other? Cirque. Sorry? Cirque de Soleil. Cirque, yeah. Yeah. So Blue Man Group and Cirque, it was, you know, there's things that have to get signed off on, payments take longer, and it's just the machine of of a larger company. So that's something that if you're, a larger business and you want to work with a sourcing company and you want to get things done, that has to be taken into consideration. And that means that you need to start your orders earlier uh, so that these kind of things can be handled. But saying that, the Christmas one. Oh, fuel was different. They took a huge risk because they they got, they paid us before they received. I'm not sure if they had been paid by PayPal or if PayPal had to sign off on that, I'm assuming Fuel were just signing off on that because that was so quick. Yeah, uh, that was extremely quick. But I, from, I don't know if it was you or you know, somebody from Fuel who said, but my understanding was that they hadn't received payment yet. Possibly, yeah, possibly. Yeah. It was just, it, there was so much going on with it. But yeah, it, that was possible. Sorry, that was possibly Fuel just getting getting shit done. Because they, they just didn't want to delay. They didn't want to delay. And it was yeah. like, yeah, and then, and they, I mean, obviously they made the right decision in the end of the day, at the end of the day, but like, it was also a pretty big risk. Like, you know, they're working with us for the first time. It wasn't like a small amount of money, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, all, so, the, all and, the air freight, the air freight. Yeah, exactly. Insane. Actually, you know what, to be honest with you, I really enjoy working with the company that's in between the big company. Yeah, it's a lot quicker. I, yeah, it's a lot quicker because even the same thing that happened with us with our, um, Walmart project with the, the fidget spinners is that we were not working directly with Walmart. We were working with it, uh, a salesperson uh, or a distributor between us and yeah. Walmart and the payments are much faster. Yeah. I know that he got paid like 60 days after the, the project but, was completed. But even even it's the, the people you're dealing with. So I was chatting with Paul from Fuel and for the starter pack, they had been told by a girl from PayPal that they were going to be doing 2000 starter packs a week. So he was like, this is going to be incredible. Like 2000 a week is huge, huge numbers. And obviously that would have been unbelievable for us. And that's what we were quoting for at the start. And then that girl left PayPal and a new person came in and he, he had a meeting with them and he had to do it all again. And he was like, just want to confirm like it's 2000 a week. And they were like, Oh no, 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 it's not going to be anywhere near that size. Like whatever, quantity they're looking at now but so like we're at least we're not dealing with that right where you're you're, you're like dealing with people changing all the time because like paypal is such a big i think paypal has twenty six thousand employees yeah and like its turnover rate would be pretty big as well and then with with event fuel being in the middle it's 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 a nice buffer yeah because i mean yeah event fuel knows how to deal with them and then we know how to deal with event fuel yeah and it's just like and, and all we have to do is just make sure that it, event fuel understands 
what we need to do our job uh, correctly. And yeah. I feel like so far they've understood 100% just maybe some things are out of their control as well. But I think like, it, I think it all comes down to that first project. And we were very transparent as well. We, we said this from the start. We were like, listen, like there's going to be some issues somewhere with the shipping, mm. whether it's stuff not being outside. Now we, we couldn't predict it exactly what happened in the Philippines, but it was stuff that was completely out of our control. Like we, like you just couldn't do anything about it. It wasn't like us missing something or making a mistake. So I think that being able to get that project. Well, there was, there was also things like, like, again, going back to the security stuff, right? There was information like simple things that you need during shipping process, like phone numbers that were not listed on yeah. the address or a zip code, you know? And then, you know, that thing is like in Philippines, zip codes are not really used that much. They, they exist, but it's like, it's not, it's not a big deal to put a zip code on an address mm-hmm. here. Right. So like, so I could understand those small things where it's like somebody fills out their address. They don't put a zip code. Same in Hong Kong. Yeah. In Hong Kong, it's like, I use the same zip code. Like there's like one zip code that I use for every zero, 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 zero. That's what it is. <laughs> for all of Hong Kong. Like it's yeah. just like, yeah. So there's certain, like those small issues are what like things that we have zero control over because we were not taking in the data. We're not the ones receiving that information and all that stuff. So it's like, if I saw that, then I would be saying to them, hey guys, we need a phone number. We need the zip code because FedEx and DHL and all these companies are going to require it. Even if they don't need it, they yeah. require it as part of their standard operating procedure. So those are, those are kind of the, some of the things that delayed some of these shipments, besides the taxes and stuff. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, I mean, you obviously communicate with fuel way more than I do. So, and you've had calls with Brian and, and you know, Adele and everything. What is the overall feeling of the project that we worked on? Yeah, I mean, overall, absolutely delighted. Um, like Adele was over the moon with it all. At the same with Brian, just, just the fact that we could execute it all. And it goes back, I think our initial call I think the initial, the first call that you were on that we, that we had with them. And when we went on and we were like, listen, was that the one that I did in the dog park? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And we, um, that we were able to go, listen, we can source everything. We can uh, pack everything. We can send everything out in bulk and send everything out individually as well. So all the kind of pieces. And I remember them being a bit like, oh shit, like you can do it all. This is great. And they, yeah. like they weren't, that, that's what they weren't expecting that they were expecting being able to source the product. So I think the fact that we were able to do everything helped them out massively, got them out of a hole massively. So mm-hmm. yeah, overall they were, they were super, super happy. And I mean, I think it goes to show now with like, with all the other projects, like the starter pack will be the next one. We did a small t-shirt order and like it's building into it. And I think, I think they're actually going through a bit of a growth phase as a business now. So maybe that's not why all these things have happened because, for instance, for the Wellfest, the items, it doesn't look like anything's going to happen because just because they've just bought that business and it's not like you can just come in and just start buying loads of product because you don't know what's going to work and you have to focus on the kind of core aspects of the of that business at the start. But yeah. um, no, overall, yeah, absolutely delighted. Like I know, for instance, with... Paul, who I've been dealing with a lot on the starter pack, and I asked him about pricing on our quotes. And he's like, listen, at the start, 
I got three other quotes from different people and your pricing has come in way better than anyone. And like, we will just be using you guys moving forward because your, your pricing on every product's been better basically. And I think like, I think it's super important to have that real open and honest conversation. Cause that's what I said to him. I was like, listen, like if anything comes in and it's, you can, someone else is pricing you better, like just let us know and we can always try and source another, another factory another or another supplier. Or, yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. a workaround. Cause I think it's like, I'm very focused on like win, win, win situation for everyone involved in the, in the supply chain. Like the factory has to make their cut. We have to make our cut. Fuel yeah. has to make their cut and, and it has to be. And it, and it has to be fair as well. It has to be fair. And I think that's going to lead to more business um, rather than trying to make a quick book out of a, out of a project. Like with the, the first project, like we worked our ass off, but like everything was, was, was all done. Like, it wasn't like, Oh, here's a good chance to make a killing. It was like a one-time situation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we were Cause like, because yeah. we could have, we could have definitely taken advantage of that situation. Right. Like it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're looking at it like, Oh, you guys need this product in two months. Like who else is going to be able to help you yeah. do this? Like you could have, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you could do in that situation. But then again, going back to values and, and company values, like my one of our company values is transparency, yep. right? And, and those kind of things. So let's make it fair. Let's talk to the client and let's let them know, like, this is a quite, this is quite a difficult thing to accomplish. Like, this is how much we would like to make from this situation. And, you know, yep. then we kind of move from there. So, yeah, yeah for sure. You know what, though? Like, you know what? Uh, I mean, I guess there's there's two thoughts in business, right? Like, there's the aspect of, like, you have to be an asshole to be successful, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's also the, I guess Gary Vee's been talking about this, that I don't have to be an asshole to be successful. So there's, like, uh, sometimes I get stuck in between two minds when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, sure. I, lean, I lean, obviously, more towards the left side of, like, not being an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I 100% agree. Like do, doing the doing the right thing is always the right thing, and I just yeah, I ha- like I hate that whole mentality of for me to win, you have to lose, and and mm. stepping on people's necks and stuff like that. I just I just I grew up with that in 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 Ireland with business, mm-hmm. like that was the that was the vibe and that was the attitude. It was like oh, they're our enemy, they're our competition, like. And I just, I just think it's all bullshit. Like, I think, yeah. I, I don't think you need to do it. I think having empathy and, and, and being nice, being a nice human being. Like, I just think it's, I think you can do it and you want to be in this, right. You want to, you want to work in on these um, projects and work with people that you like. If you were an asshole and we were making double the money and I had to deal with you all the time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that, right? Like you don't want that anxiety of having like I've had that so many times in the past where you, someone calls you that you're dealing with and they give you that horrible feeling. Oh, Alan, screen. we need to we need to do a podcast about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> sure. And it's like you know that you're like, oh, and it's that like no asshole rule, like don't be a dickhead. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I I don't want to have that feeling. So if it means I make a bit less money, like I'm fine with it. Like I take that any day over that horrible, anxious, like drop in your stomach that you get. So, so that was that was the point that I was going to make as well. Is like I would rather l- make less money because I'm not an asshole than be an asshole and make 
10 million dollars this year just because i fucked over a bunch of people yeah, yeah, companies yeah. and all this stuff like yes i don't want that kind of stuff on my consciousness like uh, yeah. it's just not the way my parents raised me like all that stuff it's just that uh, you know so unfortunately yeah if that's the case then that's the case but i'd rather be conscious free and and like have good people around me yeah, and make less money and again it's like working with working with brian's team on some of this project and mm-hmm. having calls with them and it's something because i work on my own a lot and then with, with with earned my business partners are very focused on their gym and it's something that's made me realize i'm like i don't, I don't want to keep moving forward and doing all this stuff on my own yeah. because it's not as fulfilling so like having those few sort of zoom meetings with the with the fuel team and i was like oh this is this is really great like i'm enjoying it and then even like like partnering with you at the start of this project and that made me realize i'm just i'm just having that con- that kind of daily communication on the whatsapp groups and emails and the back and forth and having calls regularly it's a lot more fulfilling doing that than um oh man i appreciate that because yeah. I, I felt the same way man i felt the same way like uh with with this whole project because uh, I, I i mean uh, it's not exactly the same because I, I do have like mike but like Mike was kind of not not as much in the last eight months, but like he was more of a silent partner before. Mm. Um, so I this whole time that we've been working since what like two thousand and I'll say two thousand and seventeen. Two thousand seventeen, yeah. When I moved since Hollywood. since yeah, so two thousand seventeen that we've been working together. Like I've been doing most of the stuff by myself, so it was nice to have that like thing where it's like we talk almost every day, right? Mm. So it was just like, oh, we talk, and of course we talk about business most of the time, but we also just check in with each other and like, how, how's everything going with life and blah, blah, blah. And then bouncing ideas off of each other. And it was like, yeah, it's been really fulfilling for sure. Um, so I, d- I definitely felt the same way about that. Do we just yeah, become yeah. best friends? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my girlfriend, I think my girlfriend is a little bit jealous about how much I talk about you. <laughs> 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 uh, you talking to Alan? You, you talking to Alan again? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was talking. I was talking to Alan. What's the problem? <laughs> 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 He's a cool guy. I mean, what's? what's <laughs> you, okay, you can sleep. You can sleep with Alan on the couch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm not sleeping at the couch. It's my house. no no it's funny because like yeah she just like i think she sometimes like because i have a a strong connection with you i have a strong connection with mike so when i talk about you guys sometimes and like i'm talking about like some of the cool stuff that we're doing or some of the cool conversations that we have or whatever she's like uh you know she gets a little just a little bit jealous just a little i can feel it i can see in her face She's like, <laughs> you know, just a little bit, but uh, it's all good. No, it's not not a big problem, but yeah, that's uh, she was she wanted to actually she wants to meet you eventually. So yeah, I mean, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon when when Hong Kong um when Hong Kong ever gets rid of this stupid travel ban, and I'll no, I'll definitely as long as there's no travel ban, I'll be all over the place, and actually may as well say it you now. Um, hopefully there's no travel ban but in october we're having our hong kong wedding which you both are actually invited to so oh, nice. um hopefully there you don't have to do quarantine 
the 20, 23rd of October, I'll send you an official invite. Nice, nice. So what's what's a what's a plan for the wedding? So we were meant to have a big a big international wedding in October, but we had to cancel all of that because of the quarantine situation. So mm-hmm. we're now having two weddings. So one in Ireland for all my Irish friends and family, and then actually a lot of Charlotte's friends are based in London or the States. So there'll be quite a few of them there as well. That's July. And then October will be like a Chinese banquet. So all our Hong Kong friends and then Charlotte's family that are all based here. And it will be um, Chinese tea ceremony and a big Chinese banquet dinner and sure a few drinks. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, man. If we could, if we could um, same thing with the Philippines. If the Philippines doesn't have these uh, restrictions, I'd be down. I'd be down. Like, I, I would love to get out. Of, I miss Hong Kong as well. So yeah. that's another aspect. Like, I would love to. Also, I'd love to take her to Hong Kong because she's, she's been to Hong Kong before, but it was more like just a visa run when she was uh, in China at the mm. time. So she was only there for like a day. Uh, but it's like, you know, the cool places that we've been to together and like, you know, all this stuff. Like, I would love to just show her a different side. Of yeah, yeah. Kong it's Kong like, it's, stuff, it's such a cool know. place to come when you yeah. know people here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bars, restaurants, and stuff like that. And once it's all open, yeah. is there is there any quarantine for travel going into Philippines at the moment? No, I mean she she just came back last week, and basically as long as she had as long as she was vaccinated, okay. uh, she had the vaccine card, she was fine. Yeah. And I think even if you have if you even if you don't have the vaccine card, if you have the uh, like a negative PCR test, I I don't think there's a quarantine anymore. Okay. It just I, it depends on what country you're coming from, one, and then two, it depends on what country you are originally from, because for a while they were not letting Ukrainian people, Ukrainian nationals come to oh, the really? Philippines. Yeah, because I, I think they kind of felt like, I mean, it's a little bit fucked up, but because of the war, I think they kind of felt like it was going to be a lot of people that would come over here, but then they lifted that April 1st. And then that's how she ended up like applying for her visa and stuff like that and coming here. So, uh, but yeah, I think for most nationalities, uh, like you just have to present your vaccine card or negative PCR test and there's visa on arrival, no quarantine. Okay. So yeah, Philippines is opened up. I hope it stays like this because if it locks down, they can't afford for it to lock down again. They they really cannot afford it. I, yeah. I don't. I think. I think everyone at this stage is like we're living with this, apart from yeah. Hong Kong and China. Yeah, I mean, just just from a financial standpoint, like they just literally cannot afford because even though things have opened up in the past, since April first and, and a little bit before April first, when I walk around the city or if I go to different parts of the city, there's still a lot of places that were like very lively. Um, some of the best restaurants I've been to, completely mm-hmm. gone. And it's just like a boarded up shop, like yeah, yeah. empty shop. And you're just like, man, this place used to be this. Like if you, yeah. in my mind, I was like, man, this two, three years ago, this was like one of the best spots in the city. And yeah, I mean, if they go into another lockdown, it's just going to continue to have businesses shut down. So I think right now they're really on the mentality. I think from the government is like, we need to like kickstart the economy. Yeah, it has to be the way. That's a good. Uh, it's a good place to to leave it. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? 
Uh, no, no, no. That's everything from, from, from my end on the project. Yeah, we just kick on from here. All right. Fantastic. So, Alan, where can people reach out to you? So, newlandsourcing.com. Um, are the are probably the best place to get me is is on my LinkedIn. So um, just type in Alan Scanlon on LinkedIn and you'll find me there. Uh, I mean, I always close out the podcast with like uh, three. I, I guess I've asked you this question before, but I guess if there's anything new, what are three books, podcasts, uh, YouTube channels that you've been watching, listening to, reading? Um, so my two just, just three it doesn't have to be like three of each but just yeah okay okay uh, well my two big podcasts that I always listen to are High Performance Podcast mm-hmm. and The Diary of a CEO uh, which is Stephen Bartlett um, who's someone that, that that I followed for a couple of years now he's, he's High Performance is just a, that's the one with the dude from Sky Sports, right? Like your interviews mostly. Yeah, yeah, fo- yeah. Football uh, players. So, yeah, Jay Comfrey and um, Damien Hughes. So they in, in, interview loads of different people, a lot, a lot of sporting people, because uh, yeah. Jay Comfrey's is is a F one and and Premier League football yeah. commentator, but presenter. But I find yeah, I find them really good. Just really interesting characters on it. I've watched a lot of those. Yeah, I, I think I think it's really good. And then, in terms of books, I just finished uh, Billion Dollar Brand Club, which is really good. Um, I think you'd like that. Uh, they talk about like kind of the when all the big e-com businesses were taken off in the states in 2011, 2012, 2013. Like Dollar Shave Club mm-hmm. would be the big one, and all the stories behind that. And then I'm. I've started again. I've started this twice and I need to finish it. I've started, I've started it properly now making notes and everything is the, the lean startup. Oh yeah. That, that's uh he's also got, um, I forget the name of the author right now, but like, Eric, he's also got Eric, Eric Reese or riser. He's also got the purple, purple cow as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I, so I, I read the lean startup and I read purple cow as well. Really, really good books. Yeah, another one that I actually want to get into. I've started a podcast is um, the Daily Stoic, which is Ryan Holiday. Mm. Alan, man, like, uh, what's going on? Like, you you listening to all the podcasts I listen to, reading all the books. Oh, that I've, I've just I've just gotten into that. I, I loved I loved his book. Um, what's it called? Oh, can't remember the name. But I, I will. I ego, can, ego, I, ego, I, ego is the yeah. enemy. Ego's enemy, yeah. So Ego's, he's got he's got another one as well, uh, all about stoicism. Uh, Ego's enemy, and then I, I would check it on my phone, but like my phone is recording yeah. right now. But uh, yeah, there's I'll, maybe I'll just if you remind me later, like I would, I would send the book. But like yeah, he's got Ego's enemy is really good because I've been trying more and more over the years to get into stoicism. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. Is it the object is the way? Object is the way, yeah. Yeah. So I've just signed up for their like kind of newsletter and I've just been watching a few YouTube things with him on stoicism. A lot of, it's the first time I've ever kind of delved into it. A lot of stuff that like I would know about are some things that I've already already do in my daily routine that I didn't mm-hmm. know came from the stoics, but just fascinating. Like Marcus Aurelius, especially really, really interesting stuff. So I think that could be something that I am. Um, 
I might dive more deeply into. There's a, there's a, a Tim Ferriss did it, uh, speaking of Marcus Aurelius, because like the actual books for Marcus Aurelius, it's like, they're difficult to read. Yeah, like yeah. it's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough read. Like as much as you might be interested in it, like I tried yeah. and I got bored, but Tim Ferriss did like a modern version of the stories of Marcus Aurelius. Okay. So that that one is much easier and there's an audio book as well. So I, I kind of, I listened to that audio book as well. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll look that, but I think that object is the way I think Ryan holiday does a similar thing, right? She Similarly, yeah. breaks them yeah. down into, into kind of modern English. Nice, man. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Stoicism is very interesting. Very interesting to get into. Like, it's funny because it's like, I just feel like, as entrepreneurs, especially if you're into self-improvement and things like that, like we end up kind of going on a similar journey in terms of the information that we consume yeah, yeah. and all this stuff. For sure. Um, it's always interesting because I, I was like, oh, okay. Like I, because I, I never talked to you about stoicism before. Yeah. Like, and then it's like, you're talking about it right now. I'm like, oh, like, I'm also interested in stoicism. Yeah. Um, no, it's, yeah. it's like, I, I find it fascinating all the, um, like the kind of morning routines and yeah. I, I read something when I was when I was in Phuket there, or I was listening to a podcast, and he was talking about all the. I don't. Know, um, it's like if you if someone if someone emails you or someone says something to you at three o'clock in the afternoon that you snap and get angry with, it's mm -hmm. not that incident. It's the buildup of all these little things that have happened during the day. So yeah. when you wake up in the morning. Like, don't look at your phone straight away. Like, don't look at your email straight away. Like, get into the day. Try to get some natural sunlight into your eyes. Like, take a bit of time to journal and reflect and have your coffee, well, your routine. Well, that goes back to, like, I don't know if it was at the beginning of this conversation, but I was talking to you before. It's like, you you notice how I don't reply yeah. to stuff until the afternoon. Yeah. And it's just because, like, for me, I take that morning time. I might see emails and stuff like that at some stage, but the first one to two hours of my day is pretty much myself, like listening to podcasts, getting ready, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe journaling. If I don't have a cleaner coming in that day, I make my bed, like this kind of stuff. So it's just like these small things that are just for first me, one of the day. Po positive. Yeah. First one of the day, positive yeah, experience. Yeah. And then, then I'm ready to like jump into work. For sure. Yeah. But like, I, I remember I used to do it. I used to do that. I used to look at my phone the first thing and I'd see an email. And if I didn't respond to it, it was giving me anxiety. And then I'd be having a coffee with Charlotte or something. And I'd just be sitting there and I'd be like, I just want to reply to that email or yeah. want to do that. And just taking that away, like what's the difference of half an hour or an hour or an hour and a half? Like it doesn't make a difference at all. Like yeah. by the time, like but I've kind of changed my morning routine this morning. By the time I had gotten up and I'd had my coffee and had exercised, it was like, and got home it was 10 past eight. So mm -hmm. I was like, like, it's very respectable <laughs> to start work at eight 30 in the morning. Like it's not, you, you don't have to be up and emailing people at six o'clock in the morning because people aren't going to reply to you anyway. So yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. It's, um, I, I just, yeah, I thought it was very interesting because the bit that I've, I've read about so far, Marcus Aurelius talks a lot about morning routine and I have a, quite a good one anyway, and, and a, a, quite a decent evening routine. But I think you can always make it better. Two two questions. I was supposed to be the last question, but <laughs> two questions. Uh, do you have you ever heard of the five minute journal? Yes, I've heard of it. Um, and similar or similar similar ones. Yeah. 
you should you should try the, the five minute journal because it does that like in the morning uh, basically it's about um, to, uh, putting yourself in a positive mindset so basically the questions so you have questions for daytime like when you wake up and then uh, questions before you go to sleep so the first one is I am grateful for and then there's three lines so you have to put three different uh, answers and then what would make today great Again, three lines and then daily affirmations. I am, and there's two lines for that. <laughs> Funny thing for me is like all of my daily affirmations are I am Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I did I did one similar to that, and I just found a lot of oh. the time I was repeating stuff. Um, well that's that's so that they also have like uh weekly challenges and stuff like that so it's yeah. like it tries to help you think about things a little bit different yeah um, uh, listen i think it's i think it's brilliant. the great the, the grateful expressing gratitude i think it's brilliant i do that in bed at night just when i lie yeah. i get i get into bed and i just say three or four things that i was grateful yeah. for during the day and i find that's been really good just for uh, like a positive outlook yeah so yeah, I mean the the gratitude journal, five minute journal. That's that's a big big deal for me. Um, yeah. Have you ever done a digital detox? No, but I'm going to do a social media detox during the summer. I've I've, mm. I've made a note on my phone to do a to do a a detox from. I've what I've what I'm trying to do is stop picking up my phone and just doing that little routine that everyone has. So mine mm-hmm. involves me going onto WhatsApp, then going onto LinkedIn, then going onto Instagram. And I want to stop doing that because I'm like, you know, like it's opening up your phone for no reason. You've just checked it. Um, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to delete, I'm going to delete Instagram and, um, and LinkedIn off my phone for holidays that I'm going on during the summer when I get back to Europe. Nice. So yeah, the digital detox I did, was in China in 2000, I think it was 2016, 2016, 2017. Um, again, Tim Ferriss was the person who sort of recommended it on his podcast. He was just like, yeah, just like take a couple of days. Like he did it for two weeks, but I couldn't do it for two weeks, obviously, because of work and everything. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, I think it was during like Qingmen Festival, or whatever, it was a three-day holiday. I just turned off all of my notifications on my phone and just didn't check my messages the first day was really difficult because i got so used what i realized is i i got so used to like notifications popping up and then me checking my phone yeah and then by the second day it was okay a little bit better by the third day i was completely used to it and it was kind of comfortable and then on the fourth day actually it was a four-day festival whatever fourth day just come very very cool and then the fifth day i had to start to turn on my notifications so I started turning on my notifications. I turned on everything that I had from before. And immediately my phone was like, ding, 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 ding. It was just like all these fucking messages coming through. And then I realized I get like fucking 500 notifications a day from all these different apps, mm-hmm. right? Like all these like messenger, WhatsApp, yep. you know, email, all this stuff is like five, like probably now it's even more uh, than before. And I was just... It was actually physically painful. Like I actually physically, like every time I got a ding, I felt like a little bit yeah. of anxiety or physical pain. I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this. So I, I turned off my notifications. The only notifications that I have on right now is uh, phone calls and FaceTime. 
because there's not that many people that call me on FaceTime anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, and, I'm, the, I'm the same. I, yeah, I, yeah. All my WhatsApp groups are on mute. So I don't have, I don't have, when an individual messages me, a notification comes up. But my emails are on, our notifications are off, Instagram, LinkedIn, they're all off. But again, it's, I just want to get out of the habit of just picking up the phone and, and looking yeah. at yeah because that was one of the things that you were saying in 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 this podcast is like you realize that you're being controlled by your phone yeah like you think you're picking up your phone to check but it's like no your phone is telling you when to check the phone yeah so like you're constantly like this hundreds of times a day like oh ding oh ding 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 i think think the average the average american checks their phone 400 times a day or something like that yeah so so yeah i mean so for me that's like what i turned off the notifications and i've never gone back since that time period it's just like i have certain times during the day when i check my phone yeah um it's better that's honestly the best way to go and then just keep on keep on building to that i think like i don't think i'd have instagram on my phone if it wasn't for earned work yeah same Same. i would i don't have a personal instagram like i just source my asia like um And I don't think LinkedIn, like you don't really need it on my phone. And I, and I do understand like there's a lot of value with social media. For example, Hmm. random, the war in Ukraine, uh, Ukraine and Russia. Of course, having a Instagram page as a non-business person, you can post about what's going on there, right? Like there's, there's those benefits, but like for the most part, 90% of the time people are just posting like dog photos and like you know some dude chilling by a lamborghini that he doesn't really own that sounds like your instagram (laughs) (laughs) my 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 source by nature instagram where i'm just i'm I'm just hanging out on on lamborghinis that i don't own (laughs) yeah no 100 agree on all that it's um it's 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 a great thing but also a bad thing social media i think for for a lot of people all right so i think uh i think that's it ben i think uh let's let's call it it's it's a wrap if you want to contact us it's sourcefindasia.com slash made in china made in china podcast at sourcefindasia.com as well uh you can check out the youtube channel as well sourcefindasia all one word and uh we'll check you out in the next episode Started from the bottom, now the whole team fucking here. I done kept it real from the jump. Living at my mama house, we'd argue every month, nigga. I was trying to get it on my own. Working all night, traffic on the way home. And my uncle calling me like, where you at? I gave you the keys, so you bring it right back, nigga. I just think it's funny how it goes. Now I'm on the road, half a million for a show. And we started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the